Mike Tomlin is not firing Matt Canada, at least not during the bye. And Tomlin had plenty to say about the Chase Claypool trade. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. So am I. Make sure you check out my Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates right where you found this. The football team is shutting down for four Full days, that's part of the NFL's labor agreement. It's not a magnanimous gesture on the team's part. The players will split ways. They'll go on vacations. They'll fly to Aruba. They'll go lie down in their apartment and stare at the wallpaper. Whatever it is that suits each of them, but they will not be partaking in football. As such, following yesterday's second of only two practices on the week, Tomlin met with us reporter types and didn't have to. It wasn't something that was scheduled. It wasn't something that was uh, as much as these things get mandated between the league and the Professional Football Writers Association. It was something that he said he wanted to do because there were a couple of outstanding issues. He did that. He made very clear and very blunt that there'd be no changes in the coaching staff, which is the way the question was worded to him. And then he had this to say about Claypool going to the Bears for a second-round pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. Um, with the Chase deal, um, it was about draft capital and value for us. Um, Chicago Bears second-round pick um, is a pick that we value and excited about what that brings us. But it's more than just being excited about capital. You know, you we got some games left to play, and we feel really comfortable with the depth that we have at at, at Chase's position, the wide receiver position. And more spe- specifically, we're really comfortable with our, our playmaking ability inside. And um, he's made the majority of his plays to this point in the season inside and not only at the wideout position, but that's a space that we're really comfortable with, with Pat Fryermuth as well being a significant component of, of our attack on the interior portions of the field. And so that depth coupled with Pat's presence and development is what allowed us to feel comfortable in terms of moving him and, 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 and acquiring that draft capital. There's a fair amount to unpack there at the risk of overanalyzing every syllable that an NFL coach speaks. But what jumped out for me was hearing Pat Fryermuth's name not once, but twice, and not hearing George Pickens' name, which actually I didn't expect to hear because Tomlin still does like to keep a little bit of a rap on his rookies. That He's not about to say that we feel all that comfortable with let's just get more balls to George. But I think this really did have more to do with Fryermuth and the inside because that's the space that Tomlin singled out. That's where Claypool had been playing right there in the slot. And the part that confused me out of all that was probably the part that threw you, which was he was confident in the Steelers' ability at that position, the depth at that position, and their ability to execute in that part of the field. Like, based on what? What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? 
Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. Again, not to parse the coach excessively. I try not to do that, and I try to remember that these people got their jobs by becoming really, really good at coaching football, not necessarily at being public speakers. However, however, maybe Tomlin's seeing something different in the middle of the field than all the rest of us, than all the metrics, than all the film, than all the digit dots on NFL next-gen stats. But if any part of this contributes in any way to Kenny Pickett being allowed to throw over the middle, to Pickett being allowed to throw deeper over the middle, such as that fourth and six a couple weeks ago that he hooked up with Fryermuth for a 21-yard gain in Miami where the Steelers really, really, really needed exactly that play at that time. That's potential progress. That's exactly the kind of thing that this team needs to be doing. Clear out room, clear out space for guys who can make the plays that you aren't currently making. And this offense, in addition to being just grossly predictable and unimaginative, also just stays to two parts of the field, left sideways and right sideways. And to have Fryermuth, just Fryermuth alone, get more involved, to have the head coach bring up Fryermuth as opposed to Miles Boykin, who just might be the player who lines up in Chase's spot, or Steven Sims, who might just be that player, That leads me to believe that there was a conversation not only about the merits of acquiring Chicago's second-round pick, which Tomlin very candidly said was something that we valued. Of course, means they were excited. means they were surprised, as I was, that such an offer came along. But to take that to the next level and say, we have a guy we feel can be effective over the middle, and we feel like we can utilize him more now that Claypool's not there. There were a lot of pleasant convergences to make all of this happen. I said this yesterday. I'm going to say it again today. This was a good trade for the Steelers, but it also might be a good table setter, not just toward what they'll actually do on the field the following Sunday against the Saints, but also toward the attitude and the approach that they need to take to develop younger players and to find out what they have. Right now, they don't. They just don't know on way too many levels. When we come back, J1Q. Friends at Mike's Beer Bar, they're located directly across Federal Street from the DNC 
Park. They are the one, the only, the premier destination in Pittsburgh for craft beer. More than 500 craft beers available, more than 350 of those local, and more than 80 of those on tap. Mike's can't be topped, not for beer, not for the awesome kitchen and menu that's available, not for all the special events that are going on there. Check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Today's J1Q comes from Tom Lansinger, who asks, Hi, DK, with your theme of uncharted territory this week, you've pointed out a few things already. Is it possible, do you think, that Mr. Rooney and Mike Tomlin have discussed keeping Matt Canada for the remainder of the season, but are already looking to who they can get to truly bring improvement and credibility to the offensive coordinator position. Hopefully not just promote from within, but getting somebody from the outside. I appreciate the question, Tom. I appreciate where you're trying to take the question because I'm getting asked now, in a lot of different forms, uh, some of them not nearly as semi-sneaky as yours, to have people believe, to allow people to believe that it's okay, Canada's going to get fired, just relax, he's not going to be here, at some point or other, he's going to get fired. I had someone send me something about, do you think that Kenny Pickett eventually is going to be able to make his own play calls, do some more no huddle? What are you really saying in parentheses? Do you think Canada's going to go? Do you think he's got to go? Your question, do you think that there's this secret machination happening in the background so that they can, what you're really putting there in parentheses is, I want this to happen. I want this to happen, and I want to believe that this is going to happen. So if I believe this one thing, I'll believe that Canada's going to get fired and that the skies will part, the angels will play their harps, and all that other happy stuff. He's going to get fired. He's not keeping his job. He's not. There's just... I, I'm, try to picture the scenario in your head, Tom, where... Canada just rises from the ashes and becomes this offensive wizard who outsmarts the 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 most uh, the most brainiac defensive coordinators in the league, and they all just fear the Matt Canada offense and spend all week just agonizing and losing sleep. He just come on, man. He is he is who he is. And does any of us really think? That Tomlin doesn't see it? Because I get that a lot from people, too. Does Tomlin not see? Of course he does. There are a lot of different components to managing a football team, and I'm not in on all of them. I don't know what it is that he could conceivably like about Canada other than, I've brought this up before, that he kind of has that coach clipboard appearance about him. He has that mannerism about him. If that doesn't make any sense to you, if you're working just a normal, you know, routine nine to five job, regardless of the industry, do you know that one man or woman who shows up at meetings and knocks people dead and 
doesn't do anything else. But everyone who's in the meeting says, oh, boy, uh, Jane Smith really has her act together. We have to watch out for Jane Smith. But Jane Smith might also be just absolutely awful at everything else. But all the bosses see is what she is in the meetings. That's that's Matt Canada. That's Matt Canada from what I understand. He carries himself very much in football coach ease. That's his body language. It's his verbal language. And to an extent, if you have people like that on your staff, and again, this goes across industries, sometimes they can take care of problems that you don't have to deal with. Now, is that enough of a reason to keep an offensive coordinator who can't offensively coordinate? Of course it isn't. And he knows that. He knows that. People say, well, he's a defensive guy. He's a defensive coach. Maybe he doesn't recognize the shortcomings. Let me ask you this. What does a defensive coach spend all week studying? Hint, it's not the other team's defense. He can absolutely see the difference between the Steelers' offense and other offenses. I think he just wants to find a way to get through as much time as possible without doing something to disrupt. And maybe, maybe, Tom, to your final point, not just elevate Mike Sullivan and then in turn have another person to get one of these cubicle-to-cubicle promotions within South Water Street, but to say, listen, we're going to ride out what we have. Okay, we got nine games. We're going to use this playbook no matter what because we don't have time to change it. We're going to go with this guy. If we have to get other people involved in helping him draw plays and whatever else, we'll do that. But I'm not going to make a change right now. What I'd rather do with the offensive staff is once the season is done is to blow it up. And for the first time, really, in my tenure, have some big, broad hiring process. How does that sound? Feel better? (laughs) That's why I'm here, my man. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. Let's do one more of these tomorrow and then take our own little bye weekend.